It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. What's going on, Drama Free Beer? Um, Got a good show for you tonight. Pretty excited. Uh, We got a special guest, um, and we have a Special beer being drank by one of our co-hosts. Um, tonight's episode will be led by Steve. But before I kick it off to him, welcome to season two. Uh, this is season two, episode one, or also known as episode thirteen. Um, you guys have stuck around for thirteen episodes, and we're glad to have you. And hopefully, there'll be many more where they come from. Steve, why don't you take it away, buddy? All right, cool. What's up, everyone? Um, welcome to season two, like Chad said, and I understand that of all the beers we're drinking, Chris, you are drinking one that's extra special, and you need to tell us about it right away. So, what do you what do you got? Right away. Um, right away. Right I'm, I'm I'm drinking a coconut stout, much to my chagrin and everybody's surprise. Um, it's a Boulevard Imperial Stout uh, from 2015, uh, but it was uh, five dollars at the store that I was just at doing sampling. So, and I hadn't checked it in on a tap. So RIP my mouth and my taste buds. You hate them that much, huh? I, I find them delicious. That's, that's fantastic. You can have all of them. I will not. <laughs> so, so you don't like it. Uh, I, I don't care for it. And you, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping it right now. We'll get to that whole thing later, but uh, all right. I will, uh, I will save that uh, comment for when we get to that subject, but I'm doing that right now. Got it. Cool. Well, I am actually drinking a beer from Denver, Joey's Homeland, by True Brewing. It's it's called Black Celebration. Uh, it's I guess it's pretty old at this point. I've had it for a while. Uh, it's a dark mixed culture ale aged on Colorado sweet cherries, and it is it's uh, I need to let it warm up a little. It's a little too cold, but it smells pretty good. Tart as hell, but mm. what are you drinking, Joey? Oh, that sounds quintessential, like everything True does. So, it sounds yeah. delicious. I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit jealous. Right. Um, well, I'm jealous that you um, live near them. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate. I know that. Yeah. I definitely know that. I am. Uh, I'm drinking a uh, cashmere kugi sweater by Burley Oak. It's a uh, double IPA with a little bit of lactose um, and triple dry hop with Latika uh, and cashmere hops. Something exactly uh, special. I um I had a snow day today because I live in New Jersey and we got like a foot of snow today. So, uh, the whole day all I wanted was a juicy like hoppy IPA New England style, and I had none the whole day in my house. So I had to like I was drinking Sam Adams before it was, it was rough, Ooh. you know. It's a hard life, I know. But uh, that sounds very good. I'm I'm jealous of you. You're jealous. True. I'm jealous of you. Delicious. I can uh, hear that much. 
I'm sure it sounds it. Chad, what do you got? Well, so, Steve, it has been negative 30 here, and I've got about my beer in my bar fridge that's in the detached garage. So, luckily, I only lost one and a half beers. Um, I had some purple rock crawlers, and I lost an S-pop, or it was all the air somehow got sucked out of it. So, I am drinking that right now. It's lost its um, it's lost its carbonation, but uh, it's drinking good. It'll, it'll, it'll do the trick. Um, so that is what I'm drinking. It's a Sumatra, a pour of a quarter from Pulpit Rock. Um, I was able to save the other crawlers. Um, got a cup. I got my last couple going out to special members of Drama Free as soon as this freaking frozen tundra ends. But uh, Steve, I hear we have a. Uh, special guest. Uh, would you like to reveal who it is tonight? Yes, I was just about to, when you were done saying, I was about to say we have a special co-host tonight. Um, she's calling in for the first time, and she's from Ohio. Danielle Imundo, is that right? It's Amundo. Amundo. I was close. Yes. It's close. Danielle Amundo, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And what are you okay. drinking? I'm drinking Triple Barrel Baptist. It's really oh, cold right yeah, now, yeah, but yeah. it's coconut. Nice. I have one of those, too. If I would have known that, I would have cracked it. We could have done a little one of those things where people ask to rate the same beer. Oh, I know. I, have, hey, hey, I don't have the Triple Barrel one. Hey, Steve, if I could, we are going to, for the rest of the show, um, refer to who, her as Asamundo. Asamundo. <laughs> like Osimo, but Mundo. Mucho. Nice. Well, that sounds great. Uh, are you splitting it with anybody, or are you drinking the whole thing? So, I was going to share it with Dan, but he's too busy doing laundry and stuff. He got home from work late, so I may end up drinking this by myself. I was going to say, he's too busy. Does he know you opened it? Yeah, he watched me open <laughs> oh. it. <laughs> oh, nice. So you're hoarding it from him in the back room, like, oh, what are you talking about? Nope. Nice. All right, so uh, it's the first episode of the new year. It's the first week of the new year. We had New Year's Eve on Sunday. Um, I'm sure everyone in the group and everyone on this call cracked something good. Uh, so let's go around the horn and see who. what was the best beer you drank on New Year's Eve. Um, Chad, you start. Best beer. All right, so we made it um, through most of the cycle uh, greatest hit series. Uh, we made it out four, or we made it three out of no, yeah, we made it th- three. How many the fuck did we get through? Three out of <laughs> the five. Uh, uh, <laughs> New Year's um, we, we had. I will say we we did open up a BA sticker shock, and that definitely stole the show. That was our midnight, twelve twelve a.m. New Year's Day beer share with all my uh, Des Moines buds up here. And uh, it was amazing. And um, glad I w- I'm going to be able to send some of those out as well. I know Joey got one just before the freeze, and I'll be sending a few more here in- as soon as I can. But uh, I would have to say BA Sticker Shock and the Cycle Greatest Hit Series. Um, Andrew Hill graciously sent those to me, and I want to say thank you because those were awesome. Chris, what uh, what'd you crack, man? So on New Year's Eve, I went to bed at 10.15 and had nothing but uh, water and coffee. Uh-huh. But the night before, I had a big share, and we uh, 
we drank several beers. Shout out to Will and Craig, uh, who were also there. Um, I think that evening, DDH Ghost in the Machine sort of stole the show, uh, but we opened up, I don't know, 25 beers or so in the course of like eight hours. It uh, started out with like eight of us, and it dwindled down to just um, the three of us at the end which is uh, never really a bad thing. But yeah, DDH Ghost in the Machine was the, uh, was the best in show that evening, beating out uh, Lambic and Stouts and uh, everything else. It was great. Nice. Joey, did you enjoy on – did you have a bottle share or did you crack something? And we actually did our – yeah, we did, uh, we did our bottle share on, on the 30th. I think it was the same day that, that Chris was referencing, and we kind of did that in conjunction with the UFC fights. Um, and I mean, we had, we had, we had a large number of beers that night. Um, but focusing on, on New Year's Eve, um, actually went out and had, um, more than a few whiskey drinks. Um, and then once we got home, we opened up, I believe two beers. Um, the first was number crunch from bottle logic. And the second, um, for the toast was beer to guard from Casey, which I've been holding on to for a while. Um, both beers were absolutely phenomenal. Um, can't say anything bad about either. Appreciated both, um, but you know, there's always something special about uh, opening a beer at the stroke of midnight. So I have to give my nod to the beer to guard. Awesome, awesome mundo, awesome, awesome mundo. What uh, what your New Year's look like? We hosted a big party at our house. Um, I'll get into the specifics of that later. But for our toast for New Year's, we did a magnum of Casey. Um, the cut, the Danube cherry, it was delicious. My only regret was because we shared that bottle with about 25 people, we got very tiny pours. Uh, I wish I would have had a, been able to have a bigger pour of that bottle. Damn. Hey, well, Danielle. Um, huh. Hey, Danielle, I think I still have one or two of those left, so if that's the case, I do have one. I'll send you one, okay? Awesome. Thank you. Look at that. Another New Year's miracle. Um. I, let's see, my news. I brought a, a cooler to my buddy's house on New Year's. I didn't crack too much, and no, none of this, a few of the people there are, like, big in beer, not too much. It was just kind of me peeking in my cooler. I think the best beer I had was a, a Brick City, which is, like, an up-and-coming brewery in North Jersey. They put out a uh, coffee something stout in cans recently, and uh, it was really good. It was surprising how good it was. I only got two cans of it and I drank one now it's like I don't know what's the other one like give it to someone who I know would like it or keep it I'll probably give it out because I don't know I'm sure they'll make it again but that was it but it sounds like everyone did bottle shares um the night or the two nights before I did a bottle share on the 29th uh, before New Year's and I think we should go straight to this uh this topic here which is um when you bottle sh- – oh, no, no, no. There's a couple There's a couple, and there's the bottle share progression question, and then there's the bottle share etiquette question. So let's start with uh, bottle share etiquette. Should we write a book? Um, this, was, this was what someone wrote in. Can we write a book on bottle share etiquette? It seems it has been lost on most folks, with the exception of this group, of course. Um, Danielle, you, you have a story about a bottle share and etiquette, so you start. Okay. Excuse me. So with bottle share etiquette, this has happened numerous times to us. Um, We frequently open our house up and we have a lot of beer to share. So we ask that people don't bring things. 
the problem is we when we open something, we would obviously like to have a pour of our own beer first, but as soon as a bottle gets cracked, we have like 10 glasses in our face um, with people saying, gimme, 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 which that's not okay in my book. I don't know if anybody else has any issues like that, but this seems to be a consistent problem with us. And this has happened multiple at multiple bottle shares? Multiple bottle, bottle shares at our house. Mm. Is it the same people doing it over and over? It is the same people doing it over and over. And unfortunately, it's getting to the point that we don't want to invite those people back. Uh, that's a, you know, That was the natural progression of what I was going to ask. It's like, are they good friends? Is it something you can say like, hey, you know, pull up, let me get a pour of this or... Is it something where your bottle shares are just too big and you want to cut it back to like six people instead of ten people? Well, for New Year's Eve, like I said, we had about 25, but it's consistently cool. the same couple people. And we've addressed it saying, hey, why don't you let us grab a pour first and I'll be happy to pour something for you. But it's the same people over and over again. And they are good friends of ours, but yeah. they just don't seem to get it. Yeah. Um, Joey, you got any input on this situation? Do you ever experienced anything like this or? In all sincerity, no. Um, and but I have heard stories. And I know they suck. Um, two, I think two pieces of maybe advice um, that I know that we do, at least the shares I frequent here in Denver, is, is going about it one of two ways. Um, one, the host opens every bottle, um, and the host gets first pour, or at least begins the pour, and the post, and the host does all the pouring. The second is that the host runs the show, um, runs essentially the line of what's being opened and when, but whoever brought the bottle. Um, does the opening and their initial pour, so they get whatever they want from their bottle, and then essentially either passes it along or or does all the pouring um, his or herself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of do it with if you're um, – if you bring a bottle, because I, I – Danielle, when you said that, that's crazy to me that you don't have anyone bring anything. Um, when I do bottle shares, like, you know, you can't show up with nothing. You got to show up with something, even if it's, you know, even if it's not whale like or just whatever you get at the local store, you got to show up with something. So it's crazy that you open all your own beer at a bottle share of 25 people. And I could, that's why I can imagine you get pissed when that stuff happens. But the way we do it is whoever brings the bottle opens it. So if I'm the host and I'm opening one from my fridge, yeah, I'll open it. But if someone brought like uh, an Abraxas or a CBS, I, I like to give them, you know, you, you open it, you pour it, it's your bottle, you know, you kind of, you lead the way on it. If you want to pour yourself more, you know, it's your bottle, you have the right to do that. It's everyone's. That's how we do it. Um, Chris, what about you guys? Uh, yeah, so essentially that, um, in, in Arkansas, again, it's still um, burgeoning and, and youthful in the beer scene. So um, I would say the key to a lot of that stuff, especially when you're the host, uh, and I've had to do it a lot over the last 10 years, because when I showed up here with bottles from other states, people were like, what's a bottle share? Um, basically, it, it, it's education. You have to find a tactful and polite way to uh, let them know the proper procedures of how you want things run, especially if it's your house and you're hosting it, and more especially if you are uh, providing all the bottles. Like Steve, uh, typically when, when people around here show up to things, because it's, you know, pretty much a mass invite sort of thing. Um, there are still some people who show up with stuff they just bought off the shelves. And that's fine. We kind of use those as palate cleansers or something like that. And then we 
sort of nicely suggest to them that maybe next time they might want to travel to Oklahoma or Missouri even because those are really, really close to us and, you know, less than an hour drive uh, to go get something slightly different. Uh, it, it, it's at least not available on our market. We may have had it, but at least isn't staying on the shelves five minutes from our house. Um, secondarily, the only time that I've had situations like what Danielle is describing is sort of line share kind of things when someone sees a whale being popped in a line and then all of a sudden 30 glasses are in your face. And I have no problem at that point just saying, uh, back the heck up. It's me and my boys first, or girls, uh, if, if there are any joining us. Uh, and if there's any left, you can bring something over that you guys have, and I'll, I'll be glad to bring it. Uh, so that, that's kind of my uh, my experience and take on it. But I think it all, all comes back to education and, and finding a nice way to tell those people hey, you didn't bring anything, you might want to let us uh, pour our own glasses before you get your taste, you grubby little... Uh, <laughs> you, you, you leech. Yeah. You, bring food, um, you know, bring something, contribute. Yeah, and it gets harder um, with two reasons. It's well, like, you know, one of your buddies brings a buddy, right? And, like, you know, you don't really know them, and they want, to, they want it, and it's like, all right, my buddy's cool, but his buddy, you know, he's not next on line of the, the hierarchy of needs to try this beer and two the later in the night it gets people start feeling a little buzzed up from these beers it might be a little more difficult to to say it tactfully or very nicely uh what about you chad you got you guys have any issues yeah so i mean i do a lot of bottle shares uh go to and also host um however i do have a story from the pulpit rock release just recently joe you remember that uh that no chase 17 months you sent me yeah i got probably less than an ounce pour of it before it disappeared from my hands i was i lost my shit literally i didn't get the bottle back the bottle came back to me empty and i can tell you what i probably won't ever be sharing with people I don't know again up at Pulpit Rock. And, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. It it does happen mostly at, at, uh, at, you know, line releases. Uh, Chris, you know, I've done, I've done what you've explained. Um, I do throw a lot of shares and I'll tell you, I have a lot of shares of, uh, and tell people not to bring anything. Of course, all my friends, they don't listen and bring, all kinds of stuff, and we never get through what I've truly planned on getting through. But usually, I I save all my bottles for people. Joe, you'll see, you know, next week or two weeks when you come out. But um, I have a lot of big bottles, and the reason why I have a cellar is because I'm not going to put that down myself. You know, me and my wife, you know, aren't going to put those down myself, so I save them for shares. So that's why we have a lot of shares, or or attend a lot of shares. Yeah, I mean, um, go ahead, guys, Chris. I know you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, so uh, kind of one of the cool things we've done at some of our larger planned shares where we go get away to, like, a, we run a cabin on a lake or whatever, um, we basically all have this agreement uh, where if our stuff doesn't get drank as long as it's not a whale of any sort uh, and or we've had it, we sort of do a, a fantasy draft system at the end of the uh, at the end of the share, and that way if you've had it and you brought it, you can go home with something different. Uh, so basically, we just leave some extra bottles in the fridge, and we all just have a little a, a pick sort of thing. So that's kind of that fun. is awesome. Yeah, that's that pretty cool. Awesome. If you have like two bottles or something, and you want to like, yeah, I'll definitely. It's like almost like a trade-in thing, it's like an in-person yeah. trading for things that you've never tried if it doesn't exactly. get open. 
Nice. Chad, you say we have a caller? Hello, caller, 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 caller for Dala. She's still talking to them and betting them. Let Danielle go ahead and say what she was going to say. Oh, no, I was going to say. Oh, oh. No, go ahead, Danielle. Go ahead uh, and, and say what you want to say. I want to say we do have those friends that don't listen very well and bring bottles. Um, and we always let them open their bottle. They get the first pour. We try to keep one bottle open at a time. Like I legitimately went around on New Year's Eve pouring beer for everybody to try and kill one beer at a time and have one thing open. But I still ran into the couple glasses in my face as soon as I cracked a beer, which that's a very, very annoying. So I have to be able to manage that a little bit better when we have shares. Yeah. You know what it sounds like you need? Two bottle shares, back-to-back nights. Split it in half. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we have a caller. Is this true? No, we don't have a caller. I just want to give a shout-out to Ian. Um, I don't want to butcher his last name. We'll just say Ian H. And uh, he's out plowing, but he can't get it to connect, so he's called in to listen. So big shout-out to uh, one of the heroes of uh, – of the area, you know, he's he's getting the roads to be a little bit drivable, and uh, just big shout out to him. And yeah, to Shay Dog, and to Shay, and Shay Dog. Absolutely. Hey, actually, that brings us up to a topic, Steve. You might not have it on our rundown. Um, I'm not sure if Shay Dog's sticker box is still going around, but uh, search for Ian and uh, on the post. And uh, I think we did mention it last week, and we forgot the week before, but. Uh, you know, sorry about that, Ian, but Shea Dog has a sticker box going on. I'm not sure if it's 100% still going on, but uh, I'll just throw that out there. You guys can check the post and see if it's closed or not. Cool, yeah, that did, that did sound cool. That's one where people are just shipping it to each other and throwing in a bunch of stickers. Is that what's going on? Did I miss it? Yeah, no. So his son uh, is special needs. And his son uh, liked to decorate his box. And then he let his son uh, go through the profiles of people who commented on it and pick out his favorite picture of the person. And so he, he picked someone. I believe, was it Reed that he picked? I think he picked Reed. Uh, was someone in California, I believe. But yeah, so someone in California got a box from Ian decorated by Shay. So shout out to Oh, Shay. that's awesome. That's really cool. See, stuff, stuff like that, I don't hear anywhere else. But this group, these ideas that people come up with are great. Even the tandem live chugs, like a video, that's, <laughs> I've never seen that happen anywhere else. It's hilarious and awesome. I wanted to stick on the, um, the bottle share topic, though, because we had another uh, bottle share question. And it was, do you get uh, – oh, no, you know what? All right. So, well, oh, we had a couple – we had a couple um, – because I wanted to talk about the flow of progression at bottle shares. And this was an amazing, amazing question for me because me and my friends, when we did a bottle share, we talk about it every time. We always start off with the, with the hops, the cans of hops that are fresh that we just got yesterday from other half or something, or someone drove up to treehouse or something or tired hands waited in line of tired hands. So we always start with those. And then we always go to the sours and then we always go to the Whaley stouts when we're nice and drunk and it makes no sense. But it's, we do it every time. We can't help it. Like, we just, that's just how it goes. We are like, oh, what do you want next? And someone invariably always says, like, you know, we know when it's turning to sour or lambic or something. 
this last bottle share that we did on the 29th, um, I guess six days ago, right before New Year's, uh, the guy who's hosting it, he eventually, somewhere, somehow recently, he got himself uh, a roulette wheel, like a little mini toy one, not an actual one that you would find at a casino, but a roulette wheel with the with all the numbers on it. So he said what we should do is make assign each beer a number, one through thirty-six or thirty-seven, however many is on a roulette wheel. And every everyone spins the roulette wheel, and whatever lands on, that's what we drink next. And whoever spun gets to pick who spins next. So this way there was no really rhyme or reason at whatsoever to the progression of the beer. And we had so much fun. It was, I mean, it was taken out of our hands completely. It was all left up to chance. And it worked out. We drank some amazing, amazing beers. Um, you know, it works because people bring a bunch of good beers too. And it just it was just another little wrinkle. It got pretty uh we like were Skype video Skyping the the um spins with some of our other buddies across the country. Um and if we landed on one that he had, he would like drink it with us and just another wrinkle. Has anyone ever done anything like that for bottle share? Awesome Mundo. You start. I've not done anything like that for a bottle share, but that sounds like a ton of fun. Um, we usually start with stouts and opening our bigger bottles first. That way we're not too drunk to remember them because that's really shitty when you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, I opened this big beer and I don't even remember it. Yeah, you would think that we would learn that, but we didn't, which is why we needed to let the roulette wheel take over. What about you, Chris? Do you do anything fun or or anything or different like that besides that fantasy thing, which is also really cool? Yeah, so we've done um, brown bag special share, uh, where we just bagged up everything when it came in and put it in the fridge, and someone just went and grabbed stuff. Um, the only problem with that is um, we, re- we ran into palate fatigue, opening up like two or three stouts or barley wines in a row. So you said you open up your IPAs first. We tend to like to keep um, IPAs for like breakups. So we, t- we, we kind of try to get like a little bit of a flow as, as far as like you know, stout, sour, IPA, barley wine, you know, something like that. So there's no palate fatigue setting in and you're, um, you're actually able to taste and get an accurate um, feel for the beer. But uh, yeah, we've done some fun stuff before, especially like uh, we had a, a shelf share one time where it was just, you know, everyone brought stuff that was readily available and we like just had a sensory session with it and just like critically broke it down. And, you know, just a, a way to hang out and, and do that. So we've done some fun things, too. But the only problem I have with, with kind of blind things or random things is sometimes you can run into that palate fatigue. And that's that's no bueno. Yeah. Joey, I've been to some uh, pretty solid bottle shares in Denver. What do you guys do out there? Anything to, to battle the progression fatigue? You know, we – so I've been a part of a, a group out at Launchpad. Um, and we've been doing – a monthly bottle share for almost two years. And we first, when we first started off, it was essentially chaos. And I kind of view that being something similar to the, the roulette wheel. And then, and then we started kind of quarantining bottles by style. And then essentially where we're at now is we will open up what we think to be like the lightest beer um, of the lot. And then contingent on the flavors that come from that, we will pick and choose between – it doesn't matter if it's, if it's hops, if it's sour, if it's a stout, or if it's somewhere between a Belgian or whatever. Um, we will start trying to match 
um, the different flavors and see if we can get through the entire lot of the beers. Um, and, and, and it's really easy to do something like that when you've got experienced Cicerones who, who know the beers, um, who, under, who already understand the beers, who had the beers, and they can kind of start figuring out where we want to go. It's almost like a journey. Um, so that's kind of what we do here on the east side of Denver. I'm not sure what you've experienced uh, or the share you, shares you've been to, but that's kind of how we do here. Yeah, no, it was a free-for-all the one I went to. There was no <laughs> – that sounds much more nuanced than – yeah, uh, the couple I've been to. What about you, Chad? Uh, you said you drink a, you you go to a lot of bottle shares. You got to have some something cool. All right, so the Nilla share will probably be the first absolutely planned share. I mean, I, I used to do last year. I mean, I guess I take that back. Last year, every month for twelve months, you know, every month of the year, we did a stout. We did Stout Wars or Stout Fest. IPA Fest and Sour Fest. So each um, each style, those three styles, got a four-month share. So we would break it up. We would do Stout Fest 1 and 2, then we went um, Sour Fest, and then we went to IPA Fest because it was summer, and then we went back to Sour Fest and then ultimately ended in Stout Fest with, um, um, you know, the winter because it was, you know, Stout season again. <clears throat> and, and, and that turned out well. I mean, Surely we had other beers there, but the main focus was stouts. Bring, you know, your best couple of stouts. We all popped them. Um, we do the IPA, you know, palate cleanser, um, you know, sours as well. You, you have to break up a sour. There's no way you could do a whole share based on sours alone. I mean, if you can, then you have a stomach, a, a, you know, rock-hard stomach, and you, <laughs> that you can get – yeah, and, and I, I suppose Chris could because he's got you know he he's got that love for the uh, lambics, but uh, and a heart. I, I don't know anybody else that could. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, you know, we are the kind of the brown bag special. It's basically how we're feeling as the night progresses. Um, we usually do start with you know the, the with a couple IPAs, you know, fresh IPAs from somewhere, and then um, we'll, we'll go into the stouts. And then IPAs again. It depends on, you know, how everybody's feeling or just how drunk Chad is. That's usually a good gauge of what beer's next. Nice. <laughs> um, so let's shift from bottle shares, but still stay on the topic here because uh, one of the big ones we wanted to get to, and we have, we have two that we, we uh, have. We have one that we have to get to, but we can, we can do that. We can kind of end on that. Um, so we're all talking about bottle shares. Have you ever been at a bottle share and someone won't get off their phone the entire time? And how does that, I mean, I don't know about you guys. If you could, if you looked at my untapped, you would, I mean, I'm so bad at untapped. I never check things in. I forget all the time. And someone asked, um, when you're at a bottle share, are you more interested in making sure you check the beer in or would you rather enjoy the company of others and check in your beer later? Um, Dan, Danielle, you have a story about this, but I want to say I am... I can't even remember the last time I checked in a beer. I really just like hanging out with my friends. I don't do many bottle shares, and when I do, I just kind of want to sit there and hang and not be on my phone the whole time, you know? Um, so what, what do you guys think? Well, this back to the person with their glass always in our face. The same person, I don't know, probably has six or 7,000 distinct check, check-ins on untapped. And so when he comes to a bottle share, his face is always buried in his phone he's not social he's more concerned about checking his beers in on what was it sunday night new year's eve i took around 
we had the crawlers of deconstructed bomb. Each time I took it around, are you sure that this is the correct variant of this? Are you sure it's not the mixed one? I'm like, dude, seriously, oh, yeah. read the crawler. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It, it's very frustrating. I would rather talk to people. Um, I don't work a full-time job, so I have very, very little social interaction. So if I have people over, I want to talk. I want to, you know, chit chat about anything. I would talk to the wall if you let me, but to be bare with your face buried in your phone, just to check in beers. That's ridiculous to me personally. You have to be social. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind yeah, of, I'm kind of in your boat. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, uh, I just take pictures. I mean, I'm really bad at untap. One of these days when I get really bored, I'm going to go through the thousands of pictures of beer that I haven't checked in yet um, and check them in, uh, probably with no rating because that's not fair. But uh, I really just take pictures now. I don't actually untap and search and do all that. It's easier for me to whip out the phone um, snap a pic, put my phone away. Um, I used to be really bad until Rachel and all my friends, you know, I used to be one of those guys where I would take a picture and be on my phone the whole time. And, you know, my wife has, you know, made comments, my friends did. So, you know, I just, you know, gave up on untapped for a while and will, you know, find some time to check everything in. Nice. What about you, Joey? You, uh, do you feel the same way or do you not mind if people are, internet cruising while at a share? Um, I, I, know, I think I kind of echo everybody's sentiments. I mean, the, the routine share that we have here on the east side of Denver, um, I, do the, I do the best I can not to, to be on my phone during those times. Um, and I think that that comes from, one, it, it's like my, my time to be with my guy friends. It's like that one time a month, which it kind of sucks one time a month, but that one time a month where I get like my, my dude time, if that makes any sense. And um, but we've got this one we've got this one guy in our group, um, and he he's a ticker. Um, he, everything everything that comes across, he stops, he takes a photo, he goes on tap, he checks it, and he pours <laughs> into his glass. He pours into his glass, and then he passes down the line. So he, like all the all the bottles kind of sort of he tends to be like the the, the you know the, the the stop right like all yeah. the bottles. You can tell where his feet is. Around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and so I mean, I, but I can understand it too because it's like the one time a month that he gets away as well. And, I guess it is what it is. But for me, it's like I love being able to check, check and everything on tap. And I, I usually for the bottle shares, that's the one time where I'm just like, I will do the best I can to remember this the next day of the day after and try to get everything product, you know, uh, logged in, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Chris? Uh, so I have a lot of one tap check-ins. I used to be really, really bad about uh, doing just this. Uh, I wasn't like the short stopper guy. I wasn't stopping and taking pictures and all that. Um, at bottle shares, but I would definitely like lose time with the family taking Instagram pictures and like make sure the filter was cool and everything like that and whatever, um, making sure I checked everything in. And then in 2017, I was really, really conscious about um, like being more present with, uh, with people in general. And that yeah. translated to beer as well, because that's a big part of my life, obviously. So um, yeah. I will... You know, if there's a lull in the conversation or someone's using the restroom or no one's talking to me or, you know, whatever, I'll check in like two or three at a time that we've just had and then put my phone away. Um, other than that, uh, I will just wait for the, you know, the kill shot the next day. And, you know, for the most part, um, remember my feelings about the beer that we've had. 
bad. Um, and another good way to not do that is to have your phone stepped on and broken into Cora. You also stay off your phone if you do that. <laughs> oh, um, you, you don't check in any of the beers that you had uh, at all because, you know what, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to be really, I used to be really, really bad, and I've, I've gotten a lot better. And, um, you know, it, who knows what I missed for four or five years while I was worried about what beer I was checking in or, or making sure every Instagram picture had a great filter. Um but That's yeah, true. I really, I really enjoyed last year just being more present with um, everybody, my family and uh, my friends during bottle shares and outside of bottle shares. Uh, I think it really increased my life and uh, decreased my stress. So yeah. Yeah, they're definitely important. I'm, I'm. I mean, we all seem to have agreed. Um, we're all talking about untapped here and checking them in, and uh, this was another big topic that we had untapped ratings and this kind of plays into it because i'm like i I wait for the kill shot too i I really don't take any pictures of bottles unless it's like a beer that blows my mind then i'll be like hey can i see that bottle i want to take a picture of label look it up later but normally i just wait for the kill shot um but that does kind of uh you know if you do check in the next day if you remember to check in the next day from the kill shot does that hinder how you're rating the beer and is, are you getting honest ratings? Um, Chad, what do you think? Uh, see, I'm really bad. You guys are going to, if you go to my untapped, you're going to see Bud Light as being a five. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've, I've started really actually, you know, I, I still don't leave a, a tasting notes, but I've started trying to rate a little bit better. Um, actually what it was, it used to be, I just wanted to get the picture out there, um, and get the, the check and tick. But, um, I I do think ratings matter. I don't think they matter so much. I I do think that, um, you know, I, I could say we had a very, very sour beer that was very prominent beer, uh, this past new year's. And we all went immediately went to the untapped check-ins of that beer to see what everybody else was experiencing and, you know, we got mixed results, but, um, you know, I would say that <clears throat> ratings do matter now more to me than they did in the past. Uh, if you went to my untapped now, you'd see I had a big six month break. And before I was checking fives to everything and, or, you know, 3.5 to five to everything. And now you can kind of see I'm actually rating according to, you know, how it actually was to me. Um, we, yeah, so we used, I mean, Untapped became very valuable this past New Year's Eve to check in that beer and see what uh, what everybody else was experiencing because we had a horrible bottle. <laughs> nice. Uh, Chris, are, how honest are Untapped ratings? You said you're, you wait for a kill shot. I do the same thing. Um, do you rate honestly? Do you think that um, people are kind of fudging their, their ratings? What do you think? Um, so I t- kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. So on on bottles that I know are infected. I, I write infected, can't rate. Um, on styles I don't like, I write coconut, can't rate. So if you go look at my untapped right now, I checked into this beer while we were prepping for the show, and I said coconut, can't rate. Um, because I don't want to negatively affect um, the, the, the brewery's ratings. Now, if I, if I step back and, and rely on my actual, like, 
you know, beer training and my uh, off flavor classes and whatnot. Yeah, I can I can technically say that this is a good beer. It is a well done beer, but I don't want to rate it untapped um, the way I feel about it. So um, I try to rate as honestly as possible. That said, um, my ratings have also changed for uh, over the years because for a while I thought like three was a decent grade, and then I realized that on a five point scale. That's not really a very good grade. Um, that's a 60. That's a D. It's a D minus, actually. Um, so that's not very good. So now my baseline has become three and a half, as in, like, we'll try again uh, if it's the only thing on a tap wall that I want. Um, three, seven, five is, you know, above average. Four is good. Four, two, five is very good sort of thing. And work up from there. So, uh, you know, I try to be as, as sincere about it as possible. Part of that has been working in the beer industry. Um, it makes a difference. And I know we can touch on that topic in a moment as well, but um, I'm just a segue machine tonight, by the way, guys, um, in case you're uh, paying attention, but I'm, I'm all too over too the too segue. Too. Yeah, I'm going to ride it right off a cliff. <laughs> the guy who invented the segue. So, Chris, for, I, for those of you listening who don't know. I got I got a counter for you. I think for somebody that doesn't like a style, so you with coconut beer, I really think that you should you should give your opinion because you don't like it, you don't drink them a lot, you know it's new to your palate. I really think that you wouldn't hurt the rating because it's not your style. I think that if you gave an honest opinion um, to the brewery, they would appreciate that. Especially Boulevard. Boulevard actually does read their um, their check ins and they. And they do, you know, respond, and they will email you. I mean, I've I've had pretty good interactions from Untapped with oh, Boulevard. Uh, uh-uh. Absolutely, I've had good and bad interactions with Boulevard. Um, the bad ones have been funny though, because it's Jeremy Danner, so whatever. Um, <laughs> shout out to JD, uh, Dick. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, like I said, I, I could critically rate it, but with the what is it, 140? That's Twitter, or so I don't know, 140 character thing. You really can't do anything other than like bullet point notes. And again, go, I'm going to do a call back to my last, to my last uh, comment uh, from the last subject, actually. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be more present. So I'm not writing full reviews. If you go back to like my first thousand beers, I probably wrote many reviews on most of them. Um, shoot, uh, I wrote a blog for a while just to occupy my time as a stay-at-home dad uh, about beers. So I try not to just I need get that super link. involved. I try not to get super involved. <laughs> I'll get it to you, buddy. Uh, with that, um, I don't know. Uh, yes, I, I could critically review it. I could step back from my personal taste. Um, as I said, you know, working for breweries um, and having gone through a couple off flavor classes, uh, working on a Cicerone uh, now, it, it, you know, there are things that I could say and can say about pumpkin beers that I, you know, Hey, this is a well-made pumpkin beer. I think it sucks. A fantastically done beer. So yeah, I see what you're saying, Chad, but at the same time, I'm I'm trying not to like write a, write a blog on on untapped every day or five times a day or whatever. Um, Let's, let's continue with Joey, but instead of answering how honest are the ratings, do you think that when people check in uh, on Untapped, do they favor their local breweries in hopes of being noticed rather than being honest in hopes of 
trying to get the brewery to make their best beer possible. Do you think people are, are looking for anything like that or, you know, is it just, it's honesty, but is it honesty? Like, do you favor a local brewery higher because it's local? Maybe, maybe the beer is fresher and you know, they're local because it gets to, it doesn't have to travel and it's probably fresher as far as date, but do people, um, do people kind of favor their local breweries and are they trying to do it just to be in the good graces of, of uh, that brewery that they go to a bunch. I, mean, I can say that personally, I don't. Um, the the brewers that I know, the breweries that I frequent, I think they they kind of understand that I'm, you know, I'm gonna kind of be as honest as I possibly can. Um, I don't really buy into the hype of certain beers. Um, just I, I try to try to grade it, if you will, as honest as I possibly can. That being said, I have to imagine that there's some form of a skew. There's got to be people out there that are. You know, they know that a certain beer that they're trying is gonna. There's gonna be a ton of it on shelves in their in their market, and maybe they're gonna rate that higher with the off chance that they might be able to leverage that data for a beer trade on, let's say, like a beer advocate or or maybe some other form of Facebook group. Um, try to say, hey, this is this is this is averaging a 4.25 on Untapped. Um, so it's a really really good beer. I can throw in a couple of these if you want to throw in some Treehouse or something that has a little bit more notoriety. Nice. All right, we're going to um, uh, awesome Mundo. We're gonna we're gonna end. Well, we're gonna segue this topic on you. You're gonna close it out. Well, where is the curve um, on Untapped, and what's a good rating to you? Where's your curve, like you know, good versus bad? I'm difficult with Untapped. Um, if I'm <laughs> rating, I have the right person. <laughs> if I'm rating something above a four and a half on Untapped, it's going to be spectacular. Um, I when I do untapped, it's, I rate for the beer style itself and I compare it to other beers that I've had for that style. It's not my personal preference of if it's my style or not, but you know, recently we drank, um, a barrel aged sump. I reviewed that very high because for the beers that I've had that barrel aged coffee stout, it was very well done. Um, so I try to keep that, in the back of my head, how is this compared to this barrel aged coffee beer or that barrel aged coffee beer? So if that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I tend to lean towards honesty. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to give any of the beers. I I'm not going to give Kane a five just because I'm there a lot and I want it, I want them to know, you know, what do I think is going to happen from me, me being nice to them on untap? I'm going to get a free beer when I walk in. No, like they're on, it's not going to do me any good. So why, you know, I'd rather just be honest and say, you know, if it sucks, not that Kane, I don't think they make a beer that sucks, but it was just an example of, I don't see the good in favoring anyone or trying to get in good graces or, you know, being noticed or anything. I think that's kind of a, that seems like a straw man argument. Because the only thing that breweries notice when you check in and untap them for is bad things. And this is the big story of this week. Um, this is uh, this is in the news. I mean, I mean, the beer news. I don't know if we can all describe it as news. But um, if you leave a bad check-in on a beer or you comment something negatively, some breweries are not very good at taking that criticism, even if it is a little brash. Um Someone put this on our uh, call for content. How about something about how to provide constructive feedback to a brewery regarding their beer quality issues? Um, and that is, that's 
why I wanted to use that for this question because uh, we all saw what happened with dystopian state this year. Um, I mean, this week, I should say, and oh, well, this year too. Also this year. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Was it last year? No. Was it last week? No. Is this? Is this week? Right. So uh, 48 hours, like January 1st and January 2nd, was a big uh, brewery in social media um, it was disaster the for like five breweries, actually. So the big one was Dystopian State, but there was another one, right? Um, I'm, I'm forgetting the other one. Uh, what Belfon? happened to it? But, Scoffaw. What was that? Uh, yeah. Scoffaw, yeah. Belfon? Yes. Um, Scoffaw, let's, let's start with that one, Chris. What happened with that, and do we think that um, – is the onus on the brewery to kind of remain mum and just take your lumps if you make a crap beer or if someone's just trolling you? Or are are they right to get pissed and kind of lash out, even if it is, you know, on social media and in a childish way? Um, because I think some brewers are having some regret right now. Man, I, I, could, I could pontificate on this for an hour by myself. Um, <laughs> so... Um, before I answer directly, I will I will say that there was a, a couple of years ago um, there was a brewery in Arkansas. Again, we're a very young scene here; people are still learning what they're doing. Um, a beer was rated poorly at the time, and uh, it was considered a rare beer for um, that brewery, one of like eight or ten at the time, uh, and it was rated very very poorly. The owner of the brewery got on. And on untapped and um, accused the person rating it, or, or I guess accused the establishment of serving it to the person who rated it, uh, that their beer lines must not have been clean. Now, th- there's lots of problems with that. Number one, it's an allocated beer, so you only deemed certain places worthy of getting that beer. So you deem that place worthy of getting the beer, and then you threw them under the bus. Secondly... Right. Um, you are self-distributing, which means you are also cleaning your own lines. Um, so if the lines are dirty, then it's your fault. Um, but this uh, this person had a history of getting online and um, and kind of lashing out, usually around 2 a.m. Um, and that takes me to my next part of it. Uh, in, in the brewing industry, we drink a lot um, on the job. Honestly, uh, we, we, you know, all day long, brewers are tasting beer and sampling beer, and people are coming in from other states and bringing beer to try out from other breweries and, you know, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, end of the night, you've been drinking for 10, day, 10 hours during a day, and it, it, it can be a, a problematic thing. And I think that a lot of times, and Chad, you referenced this with you saying that um, January 1st and 2nd were pretty bad days for breweries in this country, um, for several of them at least. And, um, you know, a lot of that goes back to, you know what? Get off social media, uh, hide your phone from yourself or something, um, because you don't need to be responding on social media to people when you've also been drinking. You know what? Take a day or two. Take a deep breath. Think about it. Consider all the factors, and then then respond to them. Um, the brewery I currently work with, um, so far, has done a really good job for myself before I worked for them, and for another person just last week. 
uh, on <clears throat> on things that were uh, not handled correctly uh, and or beer that was not um, viable. And so uh, you know, I appreciate that. Now, does that mean they're not going to make a mistake? No, hell no. They're going to make a mistake at some point. Um, as far as scofflaw, they go back to September, man. They have a they have a history of uh, really bad natured stuff. I mean, they got brought brought up on social media back in September for calling somebody out, but it kind of flew under the radar. And then it happened again, and now there's a big report of like them sexually harassing and abusing people, pulling guns and knives on people. And these you know, are these are these are allegations right now. These are not sure. Sure. I'm just saying we're not we're not saying this happened. These these are allegations. It's you know none of no, this is proven. No. Absolutely, thank you, lawyer Steve. Um, but yeah, it is the I'm south. It is the south, and I would not be surprised if uh, you know guns and knives were on property. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that's right. Allegations, but um, as far as dystopian state, uh, you know, I, I think they would have been better off, especially with their name. Uh, if they would have just kind of run with the whole fact that they like to disrupt things or whatever, I mean, that might have played better in the than the general scene for them. But uh, as of now, they can probably go ahead and start looking for or the landlord of that building and start looking for new tenants probably by about June. Um, so I, I don't know. I, there, there certainly needs to be a way uh, for brewers to respond better. Uh, number one, don't. Uh, number two, hire somebody who is removed from the situation, a social media person, pay them $15 an hour and just let them respond. Also, don't let them drink uh, <laughs> your your beer uh, or, or yeah. at all. You know, there, there's got to be a way to uh, to mitigate that sort of situation. So um, I've talked right. too long. Joe, is, does anyone have a counter-argument to this? Does anyone want to play devil's advocate and see, like, uh, where maybe brewers are in the right to kind of criticize someone? Uh, Joey, what do you think? Yeah, can you play the other side of the coin? Yeah, I can play the other side of the coin. Um, I mean, th- there there are definitely some things that have been founded and, and well-documented. It will be social media or otherwise um, with some breweries. But, uh I can, I can tell you that here in Denver, where have been extraordinarily cutthroat for a little while now, that there have been um, a few, I don't want to call them understood. I don't want to call them alleged. I don't want to necessarily call them documented. But there's been a few understood circumstances of um, other breweries targeting breweries. I mean, like, especially like brewery on brewery crime. Um, there have been cases where there's been there have been um, specific groups of individuals that have went to breweries that were um, maybe let's say not necessarily aligned politically with with their um, with kind of how they see things, um, going to different breweries and then making a stink and creating bad Yelp reviews and bombarding untapped and things like that. Um, and you can color all this essentially to be, to be bad patronage or at least unfair patronage. Um, it's happened quite often, and it's kind of understood in Denver um, that you know those things, those things have happened and, and may continue to happen. Um, so while I I, I I align myself more with with a brewery and, and their intent to do business and how they would like to do business, um, I also have to be extraordinarily cognizant of it, it's definitely not a one-way street, and they they definitely can 
and at least in this market, have certainly been targeted by essentially political what we call bullshit. It, it, it's just mm-hmm. bad. It's just bad patronage. Um, bad. I'm gonna call it bad business. Uh, it's, it's circumspect at best. But yeah, I, I'm 100 percent of you, darling. Businesses can handle themselves however they want to. I mean, God bless. I'm a, I'm a politically a libertarian. So do what you want, but don't don't get upset that the ramifications. So. I mean, I'm, I'm all on board with businesses doing that. They just can't get upset at the consequences. And um, I think for you, it's, it's a little bit different. You guys, you guys have what 80 plus breweries in Denver proper, and we have 25 in Arkansas and 22 in the last eight years. So I mean, anyway. well, and 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 I can I can understand that, Chris. I can understand that. But but we've got. Um, we, we, I mean, I understand that we may be a more, perhaps a more mature, and I don't mean that negatively, a more mature beer environment no, or a more, right. more mature beer market. But, but we, we've got, we've got multiple circumstances, multiple issues where people will go into a brewery and just based on either um, the the decor or the fact that they have to wait more than five minutes to get a beer. Um, they will do what we've seen this week with, with some of those, those patrons with the Scopian, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's the same situation, but I'm saying that if, if, if I go into a brewery in Denver and it takes me more than five minutes to get a beer or there is, there's flags or, or writing on the walls or, or some of the form of decor that I may not necessarily be um, – that I may not agree with and may not align with me politically or my, or my personal preferences – I'm not going to go to Untapped and bombard the brewery. I'm not going to go to Yelp and talk shit. And, and that's happened a lot over the last 18 months here in Denver. And it's become somewhat of an issue to the point where, to be completely upfront, the breweries that we have in Denver that are, they gain national notoriety, while they may be fantastic breweries, they've been the ones that have been able to kind of stay out of that, that poorly lit light. It's the we've got breweries in Denver that are phenomenal, but if you go and look at their beers, they're they're largely they're largely poorly weighted. If you go and look at their Yelp, there's a, a lot of um, a lot of argument, if you will, or a lot of a lot of poor discourse on on. Well, I don't particularly care what what flags they may have in their environment, or I don't particularly care with how the the the, the bartenders may be dressed. It's it's. It's the superficial bullshit. It has nothing to do with the quality of the beer that itself. It has to do with someone's personal preference. And, and it's, quite frankly, it has nothing to do with the beer itself. It's, it's, it's garbage. Yeah, no. Um, I, I agree with both of you. So I guess that means I disagree with both of you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, that's, this is why I don't look at Untapped or Yelp when I uh, go and looking at places to visit because, you know, you look at Yelp, what do you got to do? You got to throw out the five stars and you got to throw out the one stars. You really got to kind of look at the two, threes, and fours because those are going to be your honest ones, right? Anyone who rates it as a one, you don't know what that person did to get one, you know, one star service. You know, I, I kind of don't really give too much weight into that type of stuff. So that's maybe why I don't see why a brewery will, or, you know, even a restaurant at this point will get so bent out of shape with those bad reviews um, because I don't really take too much weight into it. There was a, a brewery in New Jersey uh, when they first opened, and I'm not going to name which one, but 
Um, when they first opened, you guys are familiar with My Beer Buzz, the site that aggregates all the um, new beer labels submitted to the Alcohol Bureau, because if you want to sell beer, you need to have it approved by you know the government agency or whatever. So when someone submits a beer label to that, it becomes uh, public knowledge. So there's a site out there that aggregates all these labels and puts them out there. So even if this beer is never being released, if it was submitted, whatever, you can now see it on this site. Well, I guess someone, uh, someone in New Jersey found a, one of these breweries' labels that they submitted, and they posted it in this group saying, hey, look, this brewery is going to be canning this beer soon. Isn't that, you know, aren't you guys excited about it or something? And, uh, excuse me, the owner of the brewery, he found out and he got pissed and he went online and started bashing this guy, saying, how dare you, this is my marketing plan. <coughs> excuse me, this true went down the wrong pipe. Well, you right over there? <coughs> yeah, I'm good. Somebody, uh, somebody called, what's, what's the phone number for 911? Uh, I think you just said it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, come on. You you don't you don't remember that joke, Little Rascals? Come on. All right, all right, all right. So anyway, he got toasted, and for a while, he took some serious heat online. Eventually, it worked out because he makes good beer. But, you know, I guess it kind of goes to how severe it is. The dystopian stuff was pretty, pretty severe. I don't think they're going to come back from it like Chris said. Um, Chad, what do you think? Well, I was gone talking to a caller, so I don't. I, I missed most of Joey's. I think Joey ranted based off of what uh, <laughs> what I'm seeing on on a a chat we're in, but uh, I'll have to go back and listen to it. Um, but uh, give me a give me a quick cliff note here, and I can comment. Um, do you think that uh, dystopian state or uh, I don't know about the Scoffar Belafonte one? Um, are they going to bounce back? Belafonte was about, and I can spread some light real quick. What they did was they had an employee on their Facebook page, a, a patron of Belafonte. Um, they had, had a patron give them a bad rating, and employees piled on this patron and accused him of sexual harassment. That was unfounded. Um, and that just went downhill. They kept trying. They kept trying to defend it, defend it, defend it, and basically they just uh, shit on themselves. Got it. Well, that's. I mean, sexual uh, assault. That's not. There's no bouncing back from that, as we've seen uh, last year and the beginning of this year, especially. Um, but the dystopian one was uh, particularly. Heinous to me, John. Not heinous, not like you know, it wasn't gory, but it was just, uh, it just really like I felt bad for the guy. Not even, not even the guy getting yelled at, like that brewer. Like, why are you so insecure about your beer that you're going to go after someone who said that? I, I mean, I'm not going to say, but it, it was rough stuff. I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure the whole, the whole beer world saw what was going on. I mean, you know. Public face, the, the the owner, brewer, head brewer, he publicly, you know, wasn't that bad compared to what he was IMing the dude. I mean, once that came to light, that really, really angered the beer community. Um, and then, 
you know, but but to top it off, it was his girlfriend slash co-owner that was over there. I mean, she just she just you know didn't give a shit about anything. I mean, she thought you know she was hot shit trolling somebody, but look, she knows she's tied to that name, and she was doing it on the brewery's Facebook post. I mean, they both single-handedly tanked their company. They might not be in business to, or they might be in business today, but I doubt they'll they'll last out 2018. Beer with the beer world remembers. Yeah, and that's that's what I wanted to uh, to end this topic on. Should this company go under? Should they be able to learn from a mistake like this? Even though it was pretty bad, um, they apologized. I'm sure they reached out to the guy. Um, should should a brewery be able yeah. to bounce back from this? Should they learn learn their lesson? What do you think? I, I, I'll start with that. You know, I know we're still on me here. I. Um, I uh, I think so. You know what? I'm all about forgiveness. It is the beer world. We're 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 a big community, and yes, we do have the trolls. We have the shit lords. You know, we have some of the biggest a holes I've ever met. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think so. I, I mean, I, I've never had their beer, so I don't know what their beer tasted like. You know, I can't tell an honest review right now, and that's a bad thing of before if their beer was good or not or decent. I mean, sure, people make mistakes. You know, I mean. But look at it this way, some, some of what these guys did, you guys are a face, you're a public company, you're, you're built in the customer service industry. Have you seen politicians? Have you seen celebrities? Did they get a second chance? I mean, I, that's what I'm going to close on. I think they should. However, the society dictates that they shouldn't because we have booted and, and fired and pretty much disowned other people that have made similar or lesser mistakes. Right. I think, um, I think that if the beer is good enough that they would, that they would be able to get back and, you know, maybe make amends and people would forgive them or forget, you know, people have a short memory when they want to. And if, you know, the best brewery in your town or your state does some messed up shit, are you going to really boycott them forever? If everyone, if no one else compares, what do you think, Chris? So I said even earlier today that, um, you know, in the beer community, as long as you haven't been too egregious with things, that good beer heals all wounds. Um, now, as far as to your point, uh, beer mem- beer people having short memories, I mean, shoot, look at people line up on Black Friday for um, barrel-aged ABM beer. It happens. Um, people don't care. They have morals for 364 days, and then they don't care. Um, so, you know, these people have, have clearly stepped over a line. Um, let's, not, let's not gloss that over at all. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, say they don't deserve whatever wrath comes their way. However, I also think the beer community, when we touched on this in like episode two and three, but the beer community can be, you know, especially cutthroat, which is funny since they do have short memories. Um, you know, how many thousands of of bad reviews have they gotten since New Year's from people who've never tried to drop up their beer? Now, you know, it's one thing to go on there and say this company is awful, they're misogynistic, homophobic, they're racist, whatever, but to go on there and say their beer is terrible or, or to go, like, go on untapped and rate every single beer poorly, uh, like a quarter star, just because they did something on social media like, you know, that's 
in my opinion, that's taking it too far to, to be outed on all these different places uh, because you made some bad comments on social media. Look, again, go go say the business sucks. Go say the people who run the business suck. That probably will be enough, especially for the non-beer consumer who is looking at Yelp or uh, Google or Facebook. Just say, these people who run the business suck. They're this, that, and the other. But to go in there and like rate their beer poorly, no, by all accounts, their beer was pretty mediocre to begin with. But, you know, be that as it may, random hordes of people rating their beer poorly, uh, it just goes to the fact that our community can be really, really uh, temperamental and um, sort of change tides pretty quickly because they all love to love, um, you know, BA InBev but they love to hate it the rest of the year. So uh, those people to me are, uh, you know, semi, semi not genuine. And that's, that's also a, a tough pill as well for me. Yeah. A little, yeah. a little self-righteous. I would, I, I agree. And I also, I might be in the minority here, but I'm going to, I'm going to say something that might be a little unpopular. I think that people are so mad, not because of the misogyny or, you know, the, the homophobia or any of the, those offensive things that the guy actually said to the dude. I think people are so pissed just because the guy can't take criticism. And, you know, if you prove, if you show that you can't take any criticism or if you can't, if you, if that's your weakness, people bashing your beer, then what people on the internet are going to do and say, all right, if this is your one weakness, guess what? We're going to push it until you crack. Um, I, I really don't, I, you know, it was messed up stuff that the guy said, but I think just the fact that he proved that he was that vulnerable and insecure about his beer is what really ticked people off to the point that he um, badmouthed someone who gave him money that same day. Like, you know, you, he, he was a customer. And so that is what I think really unsettles people. Uh, Danielle, what do you think about all this? Also, Mundo, excuse me, sorry. I have a lot to say about this, actually. And I kind of go along with Chris with this. I don't agree with going and posting all these bogus untapped reviews. Because you've never had their beer, that's not fair. I completely disagree with um, how the owner and brewer uh, reacted to the situation. We have a similar situation consistently in our area with a local brewery. Um, The local brewery, their beers are not good. And we have constantly given that brewery feedback. And what happens? They come back and say, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know good beer. And there's a specific person who's one of my good friends. She's been very outspoken about it. And the, one of the owners of the brewery actually stalks her at Beer Fest and on Facebook just to kind of pick and poke at her because she does not like his beer. And that's not acceptable either. So I am really torn on this, but I do not agree with the, the negative um, Yelp or Facebook reviews or untapped reviews on something that you've not tried yourself. Um, I actually, I have a lot of free time and I went back and read the reviews for dystopian state for months and months ago. And they do have negative reviews and that their beer is just marginal, but so, but like I said, I don't agree with the Yelp and untapped review thing and bashing them that way. Yay, Danielle yeah, agrees with me. Yeah, that's not something I would I would do either. I would I don't really get involved in that stuff. Like, okay, 
I'm going to do bash this guy that I've never met and his beers I've never drank just because he insulted someone. He didn't insult me. Um, the, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The final thing I, I, I would like to wrap this up on is uh, the brewery that I was talking about in New Jersey who, you know, when they started out, the guy kind of lashed out. They make great beer. They make really good, uh, especially their IPAs. They make a ton of IPAs, but they have other beers that are great, including a stout aged wine barrels. Um, it seems as though they're forgiven. I mean, I'm sure the, the people who he went after probably will never drink his beer, but it doesn't seem like their brewery needs it. They're growing at a pretty big pace. Uh, their cans sell out within a day. So good beer really does heal all. And speaking of good beer, um, I think most of us need another beer. I'm, I'm done with mine. I know uh, some of these other guys are grabbing one. So while everyone's going to re-up, we have a caller. Chad, who we got on the line? Oh, Chad. Chad, Chad is off the line. Yeah, we lost Chad. He might be getting a beer, but... Um, no, no, do we no have... I was talking. I was oh, on oh. mute. I was on mute. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, we got Mr. Dan Miller on the line here. Oh, shit. Dan Miller, what's up, man? How's it going? What's going on, man? You listening? You've been listening in on us? Uh, I'm listening to this discussion on Dystopian. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what do you... What do you think about it? Do you have any uh, any thoughts you'd like to add? You know, probably nothing that people have already stated, but I will say that um, I'm, I'm pretty active with, with trolling at times, so I don't know where that puts me. Even though I, Chris and Danielle, I like what they have to say. I mean, that's probably consistent with my approach. Ultimately, I think the market will decide, right? People will decide if the brewery is good or not, but I do troll quite a bit, so I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. Meme master. Do you you troll because they wronged you, or are they wrong like, like, you know, they've gone after a friend of yours or something? I troll because it's fun. (laughs) It can be fun, yeah. That's true. Hey, what's uh, I, I, Dan, the master troll here. What uh, what are your thoughts on this? Was it this uh, article that came out? I can't. I don't even know what the hell they were called. Uh, beer. Good the beer one that hunting. happened last night. Good beer hunting. All right, so we're we have in St. Louis a very tight knit community of craft beer breweries and people that follow them and we love our craft breweries and you know second shift and perennial were the targets here second shift they're you know they got great people running it perennial too and what happened was unfair because they didn't have an opportunity to voice a true opinion and they were deceived and they were let on and they weren't given the whole story So it is unfair to them. So I feel like good beer hunting owes them an apology. And I'm glad this came up because actually I was talking to, um, I talked to Second Shift and Perennial about this. Uh, You know, we stay in contact with those breweries. They're great breweries. We love them. And I really just think it's unfair. So some of the some of the stuff that you know went on i i don't know what what good beer hunting is thinking about this but you know my thought is they owe them an apology and if there's some way that we can get it for them then uh so be it that's my thought 
hopefully, I don't know, uh, outside of Drama Free, if you follow other bigger national beer groups, hopefully you'll see this in there. That's my hope. Cool. Awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, do we have, we have, I heard we have another caller. Jack, can we get uh, this other caller, see if they want to weigh in on any of this? I just want to know if Dan is in his basement right now. Oh. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to do the dishes. I went to a uh, perennial <laughs> today, and um, the, my wife says I have to do the dishes. Hey, that's a good I trade-off. Spend money on beer, do the dishes. That works. I um, I know that voice anywhere. What's up, Wade? I should mention Wade Griff is, uh, is on the line. How's it going, man? Yeah, it's good, man. I'm just calling in to see, you know, voice my opinion about nothing, because my opinion doesn't mean nothing. Well, join the rest of nope. us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just a bunch of guys that drink beer, talking about beer that they like. Yeah, it's all good. Did you see all this uh, stuff going on with Dystopian State this uh, this week? No, actually, I didn't. I was, I've been in school, like so I haven't been paying attention to much stuff. But good, study hard. Don't let this stuff distract yeah, you. Know. I'm not, dude. Just searching for beers is distracting enough. I have to like keep away from you guys right now. <laughs> Man, if only there was a way. There really isn't, because you just turn on Facebook and your your feed is just filled with drama free. <laughs> I know. Are they all? Are they all uh, podcasting? I haven't. I haven't opened it because I kind of uh, focus on the call. I hope they're all people saying how much they love the podcast. I'll look later. Oh, I like uh, the podcast. I listen to it all the time. I always listen to it, like even if I miss it, is it you could replay it. Awesome. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Are uh, you drinking Thanks, anything? Wade. Yeah. What are you drinking? That's what I want to know. I'm drinking a Tuscan Green Brandy Barrel Coffee Porter. Oh, boy. Was that, was that the beer? <laughs> That's the beer, but that wasn't me, like, I was going to say, someone open another bottle? <laughs> yeah, been, I don't know. Uh, somebody else is... Chris Butler. <laughs> somebody else is here. Uh, other line. Uh, all right. Uh, did anyone else open another beer? Chris, did you crack another one? I did. I uh, I have a crawler of um, American Solera Turpy Galaxy, um, and I've got an American Solera Taster Glass, and I'm going to be doing um, American Solera Turpy Galaxy shots for the next, um, I don't know, 32 minutes or so. It's going to be like the uh, power hour, but a half hour. Hashtag proper. <laughs> nice. Um, what about you, Joey? What'd you open? Um, I am currently drinking a Reaper, American Double IPA, um, from RAR. And before I talk to someone else, um, I, I'm, I was totally trying to figure out what this GBH article was, um, the, the good beer hunting thing on St. Louis, the, the Dan was mentioned, because I'm kind of late to the punch. Um, so anyone who's interested, it is on the front page. Um, it's by Sarah Rubicki, and it's titled Reaction. I know what boys like. A grassroots industry struggles to find leadership on social issues. So that that's the that's the response to the article though. Is the it? original article's posted in there, yeah. She's she's uh we we gave her some shit. <laughs> they hired her today because they were a bunch of white guys Basically. so they hired a girl today. Uh, okay. So the original article is from the second. It's from Brian Roth and Mike Duesenberg. Okay. Correct. I see. That's the reaction. Got it. All right. I got some research to do. Thanks, beer. Research. Yeah, so uh, 
So I am drinking a Wizard is Never Late by Triptych Brewing. Um, they they are pretty damn good, actually. Um, I don't get them much in Des Moines, but Josh Anderson came up with his family to Des Moines uh, a couple days ago and dropped off. Uh, he dropped off a porch bomb, which broke my wife's RAV4 act, rear axle because it was so heavy. I was expecting a couple four-packs, and he just kept filling this box up to the top. And, of course, he doesn't have to ship, so he decided to pack it as full as he could, um, spilling over into the car. Um, it's a double dry-hopped hazy IPA that tastes like spruce. It really reminds me of green from um, of from Treehouse, but I think they do it a little bit better here. It's a small batch. So, um, Danielle, what are you drinking on? I have a other half in Cloudwater um, stout called Bad Decisions, which is probably going to be a bad decision after drinking Triple Barrel Baptist. So <laughs> anything from Cloudwater is not a bad decision. <laughs> no, it's actually really good, but Cloudwater is feel like a bad decision. Super yeah. echelon European IPA Delicious. right now. Yeah, freaking ridiculous. Yeah. I don't. I haven't had anything from Europe that even comes close to cloud water right now. Nope. This is They're the not, first. That's a good Totally tip. non-camera. They're totally non-camera. They're this is amazing. the first thing I've had from them. Oh, so. you should seek out more. If I get yes. some, you're, next, you're on my list of hits. Okay. You are. I owe don't, you guys a bomb anyway. <laughs> Danielle, um... While you're going, I have to ask. This was on our rundown, and I completely forgot about it. Um, is it acceptable practice at a bottle shed to disappear with your significant other into a bathroom at someone else's house? Yes. So this legit <laughs> happened to us on New Year's Eve. Um, there's a couple that we're friends with. Um, we invite them because they are friends with all of our other friends, and it's one of those things that we don't want to invite them, but we feel we have to. So I was out on the in the garage smoking, drinking beer with a couple friends. I had one person come get me and say, "Hey, X and Y are in the bathroom together." I come in the come inside, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously?" Three more people are like, "Hey, Danielle, so and so, they're in the bathroom together." I'm like, "Seriously? Come on, that's not acceptable." Our kids were home for that. I don't know what they were doing in the bathroom. I really don't care. Um, it caused a lot of drama. They essentially claimed they were in the bathroom taking pictures, but mm, pictures don't take that long of a time to take. So, yeah, I was yeah. going to ask a couple questions. Um, how long were they in there? And do you have another bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's our kids' bathroom, which is our second bathroom. Um, they were in there for probably eight to ten minutes. Oh, that's plenty right. of time. Yeah, and she looked. Bad. <laughs> that's plenty not enough time. She plenty uh, of time if you're drunk to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, when she came out of the bathroom, she looked like she was pissed off because they had gotten caught and busted. It was like uh, I got caught red-handed, which that's, that's unacceptable. I'm sorry. That's just yeah. not. That's not okay. No, like whatever you're, whatever you're doing in there, it's either it's one of two things, and both are probably not acceptable at someone's house. Yeah. 
You know, so I, damn, I feel. Are you? So now here's the big question: next bottle share, do they get the invite back, or is enough enough? Oh no, they have harassed us for days to the point that we have blocked them on Facebook. Um, they have Wait, actually gone. They, to- they harassed you. Yeah, they're harassing us. Um, they've actually went to my sister who was here for the bottle share and complained to her. They've blasted blasted us on social media and our friends have let us know so it's just been very very ugly well you didn't let them finish so of course yeah well yeah that's that's pent up a great yeah, right i'd, I'd like to inquire what they were blasting <laughs> you to your sister-in-law or sister about they were that you interrupted them or you were rude to them we were rude to them and i had a split second decision to make like do i kick them out at that point in time knowing that they ubered with a couple other friends or i just wait and deal with it tomorrow and i chose to wait and deal with it tomorrow in hindsight i should have dealt with it right then and there and kicked them out of my house i'd put them in timeout put them in the garage make them freeze for a little bit and made them drink water yeah they probably needed to drink some water Public shaming. Yeah, well, they got shamed. Big fan of public shaming. The other big question I have is, what bottles did they bring? Um, Budweiser. Was it anything worth it? They brought Serendipity from 2015 and a La Vermontois, the Hill Farmstead collaboration, which that beer explodes when you open it. Oh. But that was the metaphor, two beers that I saw they brought. Metaphor. Yeah, they're poor. <laughs> oh jeez. Wow. Damn. All right. Well, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Um, I've. Has anyone else ever experienced that? Anyone? No. I've been caught doing that, but I have never <laughs> experienced busting someone doing that. At a bottle share at your friend's house. Oh, no, not a bottle share, just at a party. Oh, all right. In college, uh, we had a keg party. Um, and, you know, for that time, it was pretty good. Uh, we had we had a keg of bass, which was, like, surging back in the day. Hey, bass is good. Don't knock that beer. Even and I had, the day, master bed- decent. I, had a, I had the master bedroom in the house we were renting. And um, I walked into my bathroom, which the door was supposed to be locked. And... Um, these two girls were snorting coke off my counter, and I kicked them out. And then my buddy, my roommate, was like, why did you kick those girls share. out? Why did you kick those girls out? I'm like, because they're doing coke in my bedroom, like, a thousand yards from the school. Uh, I don't want to be a felon at 20. Thanks. Uh, so that's about the worst thing I've had happen at, like, a, a party share sort of thing. I would only kick them out if they didn't offer. Yeah, that's, well, that's, well, that's, that's you, Wade. Well, you know, well, I mean, I, if you're going to bring party favors, at least share them with the party. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say. They're only doing one of two things. It's either, you know, opening an exploding bottle or snorting, sniffing your countertop. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, well, wait. Thanks for calling in, man, um, and letting us know what you thought. And it's good to hear from you. And I'll definitely see you at Candy this weekend or next because I'll be around. Um, and oh, you will. Yeah. Let's uh, so shall I with this crazy storm. Have oh, a great yeah. night. I'll talk to you, you too, guys. Man, take I'll, care. I'll join you. Chris later. All right. Have a good night. What? Do a chug. What? If you join you for a chug, you better. You got called out now, man. Oh, Lord. 
Uh, all right, we're, we're getting to the end here, and since this, this is the first show of the year, we should do, uh, real quick, you know, go around the horn. What's your new beer resolution for 2018? Uh, awesome or no? Your, your start. Ladies first. All right, so beer resolution. We need to open up the bottles that we've been sitting on and saving for special occasions. Um, we have way too many of those beers. We do not have that many special occasions. So the other night we opened the barrel Age Thump just because we could, and we need to do more of that. Drink some of the beer that we have just hanging out. Awesome. Chad, New Year resolution for beer. Uh, drink good. Pe- drink all my beer with drama-free members. Joey will be the first. Nice. Joey, what do you have to say about that? New New Year resolution. New beer. Uh, I'm looking forward to consuming more beer with more better people, and consuming uh, just better beer in general. So, appreciate it. Nice, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep trying to continue on from what I did last year, uh, being more present with people. And uh, drinking through what I have because uh, I, I have way too much. So uh, echo all those things. And then this this show, just keep it going through 2018. There, there's a resolution right there. Good. I, I can definitely piggyback on that one. I uh, really enjoyed tonight. I think we definitely had a really good conversation. Uh, mine is also, um, I think I'm going to cut back on the quantity and try to just focus a little more on the quality. I mean, uh, I'd like to maybe drink a little less, but, you know, I, I drink good beers, but it's more so I'd like to just, you know, just slow well, down. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's all about. <laughs> Danielle, uh, uh, you... yeah, yeah, I was going to say, sorry, I, I got muted for a second. Danielle, you are, uh, did a great job. Thanks for calling in and helping us out. Uh, why don't you start the send off here? Glad well, you thank you nervous. guys for letting. Thanks for letting me play along tonight. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Of course, definitely. I'll have you back anytime. Chad, send us out here. All right, John Free. You know the deal. Um, we enjoyed having you. We had a really good discussion. I really I really liked the, uh, the feedback we got tonight, the, the conversations, and we'll continue it next week. Thank you for tuning in for episode two. Uh, and... Uh, Drama free. See you later. Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.